This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am not joined by Mawira Karatai. Get well, Mawira. And I am joined by Alexis Williams. She is a performing artist, a curious learner of life, and in some guise as a teacher. Kira Alexis. Kira. Thank you, Sam. Excellent to be here. Where are you, Alexis? I am in uh, not so sunny Auckland. I'm looking at the weather outside, it's looking a little bit worse for the wear. And we, we've been asking people on this show how their bubble life was, and of course that's now turning into history. But let's go with that anyway. How was your bubble life? Uh, look, I'm, I'm one of the few that absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved bubble life. Um, I, I think maybe for me it's because, you know, I've been doing this uh, self-development journey for 16 years, so uh, I love time to slow down. I have so many different things that I can do and I really enjoyed slowing down. I really um, loved stopping and seeing the world stop. That was amazing for me, seeing what it is that, uh, what would happen? It's like a big thought experiment. What would happen if everybody had to stop? So I loved it. What did happen? Uh, to the world? Yeah. Look, I, I've always been a big believer in the fact that uh, we are addicted as a race to being busy. So from my point of view, everybody had to be challenged to meet themselves deeper because without the fluff, without the distraction, without the I've got to get money, without the I've got to pay for my mortgage or I've got to pay my bills, look, those are day-to-day necessities. But getting deeper... um, as as these beings that are on this planet like we were not put here to just be born to reproduce to then buy houses and pay bills and then die like so i think people were really really challenged to break down those outer layers of stuff that they've been carrying around most likely from their ancestors and those who came before them so um, the world got a break, it got to breathe, it got to have a moment. I think we got to get closer to, our, uh, to what I believe is core in life, which is your health, uh, spending time with, you know, things that really matter to you, your family, interactions, what you actually truly want to do here on this planet. Uh, I think that's what happened, in my opinion, on a, on a bigger scale, if you were to zoom out. Where did you grow up? I was I was uh, born in South Africa, so I was born in Cape Town. I've always had this dual duality of worlds inside of me. So I've had 
um, the South African way of looking at life, but then, you know, superimpose that over into moving into New Zealand. So I've always been able to see the, the two, which I think has really blessed me. What did you, in fact, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Very good question. Cause I, I feel like, uh, you get to stages and then you completely start again. And you're like, I thought I was supposed to be somewhere on this ladder, man. Um, what do I want to be when I grow up? Look, I think I, I am, I'm loving this idea of, you know, quantum infinite potential. So I've, I've not really put anything on it, but at this particular point in time, I would really love to use NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, to help others and um, at the particular moment I'm focusing that lens on educators which is where I believe I can have the most impact but hey if I can impact one life that's one life and that's good for me I'm happy with that. You might see it as the fluff of being busy but you do work as well. Yes. How how has the working been going during the various bubbles and in and out of bubbles and lockdowns and traffic lights oh i tell you what it's been something of a task to to be as adaptive as we've been forced to be but i think that's one of our strengths as human beings is we get to adapt you know that's one of our strengths because think about our history as beings like that's one of one of the things that we can count on is our ability to adapt um it's been it's been challenging it's been really really challenging um because uh, there's just so much change in such a short amount of time. And I think that's been a real challenge for, for all of us is adapting to this change and the uncertainty. It's like, you know, what's my future going to look like? How am I going to, how am I going to make it through this? Am I going to be okay financially? Oh, you know, like all of those different thoughts. And then there's, there's multiple layers to it. Cause then there's the actual work that you do, but then above that, there's the mentality that goes with that and there's only so much that the human brain can take at any one point and so you superimpose this kind of stress response in everybody um so for me i had to unplug from the uh the, the news i had to unplug from the wider world because it it wasn't really help helpful in any way it was just making my life harder um but like I said, self-development, I've had, some, I've got some awesome practices, which really grounds me. And I think without that, I don't know how, how, how much I would have enjoyed it. Um, but it's really, really helped me out. We did rush back to being busy at the end of the lockdown. We, yeah. we, we were walking around the streets. I remember the day we were walking around the streets almost two years ago and thinking, oh, the cars are going to be back tomorrow. Oh, let's hang on to this. But then, of course, the cars did come back. Why are we addicted to being busy? Programming, programming uh, from a certain age. I think it uh, depends on the science and, and where we're at. But from what I remember, it's something like the ages of zero to seven. And now they're pushing it to the age of 12 where you have really slow brain waves. You and theta brainwave at that particular moment because you don't have um, the, the full functioning of, of what you do when you're an adult. And um, you're programmed. Whatever you see, that's what it is for the rest of your life. Isn't that something else though? So you see, you see the world at large and you're like, okay, this is what society looks like. And this is what I'm getting into. You see your parents. Okay. 
you work the entire day and then you come home and then you work to get ready to work the next day. And so we're, we've absorbed this in a completely slow brainwave. This is where you can auto hypnotize yourself is in the theta brainwave. And so you put, and that goes straight up into the subconscious. And if you've ever seen the, um, the iceberg analogy, which is the tip of the iceberg is the conscious mind. The rest of the iceberg is the subconscious mind running 95% of what we do in, in our every day. So if you're trying to fight off what you have in your subconscious with the 5% of your conscious mind, um, that's in there. That's, that's why we're addicted to being busy. It's that programming that's in the subconscious mind. How do you think we are filling the, the icebergs, the, the, the program, how are we programming the, the kids that are growing up now during this COVID thing? Is that affecting how they are seeing the world? Big time. I think so. Um, I, I mean, besides, I guess, things like what we've experienced with pandemics in history, but as a evolving species, these kids are seeing different things than what we saw, than what our parents saw and their, their parents saw before them. So it's breaking up that kind of lineage of this is the way that things are supposed to be as in anything could happen. You know, tomorrow there could be another plot twist in this movie we call life and things could completely change. And so you have to be adaptable. And the beauty of children is that they really, really are. And I definitely think that it's going to affect it the way that they see everything because they're all in that stage where their programs are literally being built. And, you know, we're throwing in this kind of curveball the world is and uh they now have this as a resource for the rest of their life to say well you know i had this experience when we had this time of covid and, and i have to you know change around and, and do things differently i had to change the way i went to school or didn't go to school or how i learned or you know there's a number of factors that's going to change their uh, perspective and their lens on the world around them let's take the first of your music choices let's have queen don't stop me now why this one Look, it's a fantastic jam. It's a jammy jam, first of all. And I think that sometimes we forget how limitless we are as beings. If we could but get away from the distraction, and like I said before, with all things COVID, we've had the opportunity to get away from distraction, sit down and really think about what we want. So once you know what you want, you get rolling, you put some action behind it, and you put some queen on and don't stop me now. Gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive, and the world I'm turning inside out. Yeah. I'm floating around in ecstasy. So don't stop.
to interrupt that to ask you another question i don't know what it is now yes i do <laughs> <coughs> the theme of this show is positive but not deluded uh-huh how does that work for you positive but not deluded uh delusions uh come from a skewered reality frame if you don't have a reality check in your life to see what's actually real or not that's where you get into the the um the arena of delusion Positively seeing things for what they are and having frameworks within your own mind to help you keep um, yourself in a state of being that's preferable. Do you have to have a positive view of the future for that to work? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Um, a positive view of everything would be ideal. <laughs> Uh, but we know that life is tough and we have so many uh, challenges thrown at us, but we are here to learn. This is the business of evolution. You don't learn by staying in everything is great, unfortunately. If everything was great, think about that for a second. What would happen if every, if everybody got everything they ever wanted? Would there be any growth? Would you be able to expand and challenge yourself and get to the edges of what you thought you knew about yourself? Would you be able to go beyond what is out there? You know, because you would you just be happy all the time? And, you know, I don't know. It's it's a it's a really big kind of question. Um, so, yeah, coming back to your question, which was, do we need a positive mindset of the future? I definitely believe so. That's going to be key for you to keep going. One of the things I do know is that anything that you want, you got to define your why. And if you don't know why you want the future that you want, and that's going to keep you moving forward, 
um, that's going to just add to the challenge. So it's really fantastic to have uh, a framework, a framework with which to make decisions, a framework with which to ground yourself, ground your life and keep you in the state that is preferable to aligning you to your goals and the things that you're actually wanting. Are those things that we can teach? Definitely. Big time. Big time. I've I've considered myself somewhat of a mad scientist. Uh, I try lots of different things with my brain. I like to see what's possible. Um, it's something that came to me a couple of years ago. And ever since then, I'll be like, okay, for 30 days, I'm going to try this. For 30 days, I'm going to stop complaining. For 30 days, I'm going to do gratitude every day. For 30 days, I'm going to give up coffee. You know, and I just try things just to see... And then, and then I reflect on what's actually happening in that 30 days, what's changing for me. And some of the practices are like, oh, you're a keeper. I'm going to put you in my little, you know, and other things I'm like, yeah, that was all right. You know, I'm glad I had the experience, but yeah. yeah. So definitely things you can teach. What are you doing now for your 30 days? Uh, my 30 days right now, I heard about this concept about um, – journaling uh, your life as if it's already the way that you want it to be. Now this kind of ties into a bit of that quantum potentials, right? And when you think about something, you collapse all the potentials into the one that you're thinking about. So I've been journaling as if, you know, the miracle question we were talking about before, which was, you know, a, a different take on your a miracle question is mine, which is if you were, if you, if a miracle would have happened at night and you woke up and you hit, everything that you wanted in your life what does that look like what does that feel like you know what who do you have to become to have those things and so um that's something that i've been playing with and i've had some results i've had some results i'll tell you some things have just come up job offers have just appeared um i've been getting some dates out of nowhere um you know like this just some things that are happening and like i said i'm just treating it like a scientist and i i record what's happening i record um how i'm feeling about it and i have to tell you it feels pretty great because i spend you know a couple of minutes in each kind of sentence of whatever it is that i want my life to be like feeling that feeling place of it and um, I'm in day 18 of it at the moment. So that's what I'm currently doing. And how do you do that if it's if you're having a rotten day? You must you must come well, home from work pretty tired some days. Yeah. So uh, sometimes uh, I relief in different classrooms. But again, my why I go and relief is because I'm going on holiday. Y'all, all y'all kids with all your attitude, y'all paying for my holiday, so it's all right. It's not so bad, right? Um, and then I've, like I said, I've got things that I consistently do. Like I, uh, so really, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's not really that bad. Okay, let me think about a bad day. Um, you, it, it is these practices that keep you balanced. It keeps you in the, in the place of uh, going forward and being in a state of mind that you want to be in. I did this particular course, it's called Life Book on Mind Valley, and you build this kind of framework, a decision-making framework for your life. And one of the things they focus on is the emotions. So emotion is one category. There are 12 categories. 
and emotion, your emotional life is one category. And one of the one of the things they ask you is what what kind of emotion, what kind of state do you want to be in? And so happiness, peace, clarity, calm. These are the types of emotions that I want. You write up what you want, why you want it, what are you gonna do to be able to get there? What is what's your strategy? So I have strategies in place, um, like meditation, and I got a gratitude list I do every day, and you know, I go for a walk and this type of thing. Um, and that keeps me really grounded. And so the days when you don't want to do it the most, you told me this, Sam, the days when you don't want to do it the most is where the most learning sits. And this in and of itself is, is the reason that I do all the things that I do, because, uh, I, I have reached that emotional, um, life that, um, most of us don't think about unless we have a program that says, hey, think about your emotional life. Hey, think about your spiritual. Hey, think about your financial, your career, your uh, relationships, the type of parent. I'm not a parent, but I'm an auntie. So when, when kids come to me, what kind of um, being do I want to be in that particular role where they see me as something similar to a parent? So um, those are the things that keep me uh, in it. And those are the things that I do specifically when I don't want to. Does that scale from a personal to how we run organizations or, or societies? Do you, do you think we could ramp that up? Most certainly. I definitely think that we can ramp that up. That's That's important, I think, because... I'm taking my well-being and I'm putting that at the forefront of all else. And if organizations are putting the well-being of all the humans in their care at the forefront and looking at them as these expensive, holistic, um, superhuman, you know, beings, then I think that we're going to change the world. Nothing short of it. because what I noticed during the whole COVID thing is that the businesses that were essential to humans, what was it, like 10, 15% of businesses were open? And it occurred to me that that's something that we do as a world. Like a majority of the businesses that are open are not essential to human uh, evolution or human well-being. Now, if we move that 10 or 15% up to 30, 40, 50%, what does the world look like? What do we do? How? How do we move forward? Like, I think it's going to be a much better world where we're focusing on what's actually truly important. Because you teach music and music wasn't essential, but it kind of was. Yeah. How do we how do we reframe it to make that sort of thing more important? Well-being. Well, music. Music. Hmm. So um, with I think we, I, so. I teach music um, as well, but I, I think what people don't understand about music and um, the arts and, and, and all of these types of subjects is that before a child can speak, it, it dances, it sings, it wants to party, man. It wants to have some fun up in here. Like we have these bodies and something that I see uh, is, you know, this kind of idea where people are using their body as a vehicle to carry their head because they're trying to get their brain so big and they forget about the fact that there's this whole being. It's connected. It's interconnected. Mind and body is a system. Um, and I, the, I, I don't necessarily know the best way to reframe that, but I think we're getting it because 
music is becoming as important as math not not exactly but we're we're aiming for it and i can see it happening because there are multiple different types of intelligences out there um and the these days of just focusing on academic intelligence um we're moving away from at a speed you know i'd like it to be faster but um uh, we are getting there and I see it because I have this beautiful view where I get to go into schools and I get to teach all subjects and I get to see uh, what it is that's at the forefront of these students and meet them and see what they're like and are they enjoying themselves. Some of them are very progressive, some of them not so much. Uh, but, um, you know, it's the, the hundredth monkey experiment. Have you heard of that? Nope. The 100th monkey experiment was they were teaching monkey, I think it was something like how to open a nut or something. And then they taught like a couple of monkeys. Those monkeys went out and taught other monkeys. And by the 100th monkey, all these particular type of monkeys all around the world were able to open nuts. And nobody knew they were like, what's going on here? And I think this is something to do with this collective human consciousness that we have going on. So I think that the more, the more and the more and the more schools go forward in this way, uh, the more we're all going to follow suit. And that's, I think, what, what it is about is this, this connectivity between us. It's like, how do, how do geese fly in perfect shapes and change direction seamlessly? We have this connectivity between us and um, nature shows us how to do it best. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui kia koutou I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope, wherever you are, and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are the triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you now i know that for us all for the last more than two years we've had to navigate and we've had to survive an ever-changing landscape both within and without due to this global pandemic that we find ourselves in. And of course, for all of us in our generation, this is something quite new. Our ancestors, of course, over many billions of years have had to survive so many countless pandemics and shifts and changes, catastrophes, meteorites, all these things have had to be survived in order for us to be here. And that really is miraculous. And we really are so fortunate. I know for myself, I'm so grateful that I can work still in the living world. And as part of my work at my beloved heart's home, Orokonoe Eco Sanctuary, I can reflect on visitors, on where the point of connection occurs for them, between their inner and outer landscape, between their sense of self and individuality and their sense of oneness with the living world which of course we evolve alongside and within 
in an infinite web with all life. And this process of communication and the empathy, the intimacy, the honour that it is to share this space with people, of course, I'm so grateful for. And I'm so grateful to be part of this show. So a huge thank you to Sam and the whole Blown Bubbles team and to all of you for having me. It means so much. Something, of course, that sustains us is the ability to communicate and connect with one another and to share all the ups and downs that we experience to know that they are part of a continuum to know that they are part of a cycle and that with each up and with each down and with each valley and with each mountain peak with each of these different states of being we find ourselves in of course we inevitably find that these states of being shift and change also and we find ourselves back in a place of equilibrium and balance. I've been doing a lot of looking after my beautiful friends who I love who have COVID and delivering things to them and making sure that they have all the things that they need and of course, I'm so grateful for these opportunities to show my love and show my cherishment of them, that I want to care for them, I want to protect them as much as I can. I want to be beside them while they recover and heal as much as I can, even if only via technology and via these small gestures, like dropping off groceries in the middle of the night. All of these things are ways that we can show our love and it's so important that we know at this time ways to sustain ourselves. This is a time that is tiring, this is a time that is draining. And to be on high alert for so long strains not only the capacities we're consciously aware of but of course our nervous system itself. I was very fortunate today to drop off some costumes to my dear friend at her new house and at her new house she has a big stream of dreams that runs down the back of the house and of course this is one of the wonderful things about living in Autiporti Stamid and that the living world is never far away and so I could put my feet in the stream and, and paddle about with her beautiful small children and this was exactly what I needed. So I really hope for you that you're finding what soothes your soul, what helps you to come to a place of equilibrium and balance once again in the midst of all these ups and downs. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Alexis Williams. Alexis, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? About the changes that we've seen, mm. uh, I think for me it would just be the slowness. It would be the uh, the kind of disruption to the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> 
the disruption of the look over here look at this illusion people why don't you keep working for the rest of your life and forget that you have a limited time and when you come out of work you'll be older and then you won't have the you won't have your youth to be able to do all the things that you were going to do or wanted to do and you put on the back burner because you believe that was what you need to do this breaking of beliefs this oh you nobody can work from home oh COVID came oh yes everybody can work from home um you know just i i hope that we hold on to that nugget of what's truly important our health our experiences our interactions our growth meeting ourselves deeper than we had before we were so distracted and so addicted to being busy that's really what I, I hope that we hold on to because I, I don't know if you've noticed in the world there are all these sustainable companies. There are all these different ways of doing things because we care about each other, we care about our world, we care about Mother Earth. Um, so I hope that we continue down this path because I think it's going to change everything. And I, I believe that COVID's going to have, yet we haven't seen but I think it's going to have a really, really positive impact on us as a species, but also for our world that we want moving forward. Perfect segue to the next question, which is what lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic or the pandemic response to the pandemic for those bigger sorts of questions, the climate change, social justice at a, a large scale, biodiversity, you know, that list? Yeah. What lessons can we take away from from um, COVID? Hmm. I think COVID has had us facing ourselves. And I think, if anything, it would be to turn and look in the mirror and ask yourself, is this what you want? You know, it's really confronting. It's really, and, and, and this is what you will see all around the world, I believe is that people have been confronted with themselves. Why is it that we put ourselves last? Um, why is it that we're so busy being puppets? Like Jim Rohn says this beautiful quote. He's like, if, wait, if you don't, something like, if you don't write your dreams, you're going to fit into somebody else's and guess what they have planned for you? Not much. So I think if, we all meet ourselves in in the way um that we find out why why we are here and in some way or another that's going to be service to each other that's what everybody does in this world we all serve each other but how can we serve each other in a way that's going to have an effect um for the betterment of this world that would be i think something that we could take away from this pandemic because we've seen it uh, something happens, the, the first thing that happens, somebody gets hurt, we rush over. It's our intrinsic need to, to be there with another person. We are softwired for empathy, to be there for another person. And I think with the illusion of um, being busy, we don't always touch base with that part of ourselves. So I think if we were to take anything away from COVID, it would be to meet ourselves deeply because it's in all of us. It's intrinsically there. It's the way that we're made. That's, it might be intrinsic, but we've become, as you say, addicted to being busy and addicted to not looking in the mirror. Mm. 
what would we have to do to actually make that change you know, at scale? At scale? At scale, the way to make that change would be to um, make mental health read or mental health sessions readily available for people, coaching, uh, counseling, NLP, things where we can help people. Um, be- we can become a mirror for those people and help them to see themselves and whatever they find, help them to navigate that in a way that's going to get them what it is that they truly want. If we could do that, like I've often thought about this, like I come from South Africa and uh, we come from a world of apartheid and, you know, so Nelson Mandela comes out of jail. Woo, yeah, best day ever. And he takes over, love that guy, amazing. And then nothing. Just the people that suffered, the people that went through what they went through on both sides. They both needed, they both needed therapy. They both needed it, but nothing was offered. And it's still in the collective consciousness, just like it is in America. We've seen it happening. It's all coming up to the surface because we're ready to, to release it. But there's just, where's the assistance to help those people? deal with what's happening in their psyche and not just their psyche but their psyche for generations their ancestor psyche and we know uh with epigenetics we can pass down fears so you can pass down a fear to your child that's how that's how cats are scared of cucumbers is because they believe it's snakes and that's been passed down in their their dna but there's been none of this work available to help those who have been in this trauma and have been sitting in this trauma for a long time and how that trauma plays out in your day-to-day uh, and, and how how vast that is has yet to be uncovered because that work hasn't been available for those people. And like I said, on both sides, it's, it's traumatic to have a background where your people have been segregated or um, all the different things that have been happening to people but there's no there's no help for, for the, the mentality in that way not that i've seen anyway unless you've seen something sam i haven't seen it but if if we were to change that on scale we would need to roll out free free uh, therapy, free counseling, free coaching, free um, NLP sessions, free training, free um, just development of self uh, within organizations, professional development to help people understand what's actually happening on a deeper level. Just because you don't talk to somebody, you don't know them that deeply doesn't mean it's not happening for them. And if we were to put this uh, on on scale, that is something that would need to happen. Maybe in South Africa, they did it at the top level with the truth and reconciliation work, but not at the individual level. And no. maybe we can learn from that. Maybe that is something we need to make sure is happening. Big time, especially here in New Zealand with what we've got going on with our mental health and where it sits compared to the rest of the world. Um, So I definitely think that if we had a look into that and help people and made it accessible and 
and may and it changed the stigma there's still such a stigma about getting help it blows my mind if somebody said i got free counseling for you for a year i'd say sign me up sign me up uh, even though i've been doing self-development sign me up because i know that there's no end to this there is there is no end to the type of help that we need and wherever we are there's this layer because we are here to evolve we are here to get better we are here to release the old and become the new this is what we are headed for this is what covid has helped us to uncover is that we want to go somewhere else we are not about the business of what people have done our job is not to maintain what it is that's come before our job is to change what's come before that's the whole point of the next generation the whole point of the next generation is to evolve. It is never to stay the same. It's not to stay safe and to do as you're told because that's coming from the perspective of somebody who's been here before and has done things a specific way. And the whole point of us is the evolution. Let's squeeze in the second of your music choices. James Brown, I got you. Why this? Look, Jay, I mean, what, what can we talk about James? James has got it going on, and it's a feel-good tune. I um, recently had this um, another concept. It's a, a book called Positive Psychology, you know, uh, so it's studying how to be happy and proven ways to be happy. And one of this was a, a happiness playlist. So it's kind of like a Spotify playlist, but you just put things that make you happy up on there. And then the next step would be to actually put those happiness um, uh, songs or things that you would do to make you happy into your life and you'd schedule it in there. Again, it's so sad that we have to even create these things because in the ideal world, this would just be happening anyway. Um, but uh, if you're like me and you're busy and you're doing other things and you're growing yourself and all these different things, you can forget. So a happiness playlist is, um, for me, one of the things on my happiness playlist is to listen to music that makes me want to move. You know what I'm saying, Sam? It just might make me, I feel good when I listen to it. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't So good, so good I got a year oh, I feel nice The sugar and spice I feel nice The sugar and spice No! 
I do have a happiness playlist because I made it for my birthday a couple of years ago and it works, but it is just the music one. I do think that's such a good idea to have a happiness playlist that's not just music. Absolutely. Uh, and I and I look at these uh, the things that I look at a lot of things, Sam. Let, let's face it. I, I read books. I'm always looking for ways to improve myself, to improve my life. Um, and I have to say, I, I am a work in progress, but I've changed so much for the better. I am a happy individual. And I can say that because I have bad days like everybody else, but the recovery time from that is minuscule compared to what it was um, because I have all this knowledge inside of me and it changes the way that I show up. Um, and I schedule things that make me happy into my life. I do it daily. I know a walk makes me happy, even though sometimes I don't want to do it because it looks cold outside, wind's blowing. But I know once I come back from that walk, oh, I feel good. It's for my mental health. I know that it's more so for my mental health than anything else in, in my particular world. Um, or I know that going salsa dancing or doing things that I've never done before or meeting new people or, you know, uh, putting on a binaural beats track and, you know, sitting there and, and seeing what that does to my brain waves and different things like that. Just put those things into your life. Do it regularly. It, it's, it's a no brainer. It's going to make you happier. And if you want to take that even a step further, you could look at the consistencies in your life that don't make you happy and start to change the, the things that you want into the places regularly that don't make you happy. Put the things that make you happy in there. That's it. It sounds so simple. And yet it's not. And yet it's not. Take my advice, folks. Take my advice. I have some questions to end the show and not very much time. So we're going to have to rattle through them. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, listen, now you're putting me on the spot with that one. The biggest success. Look, I'm going to say traveling in 2019. I did 19 countries right before COVID. And that, to me, because I've wanted to do it for such a long time, I had to get rid of a lot of my programming for years before that. You know, traveling alone as a woman, um, being a colored South African, because that comes with a whole other bunch of things attached to it. Uh, and I had to break all of those things down and just going and, 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 and living my best life in the world. Biggest, one of the biggest successes in the, in, the, in the recent years. It would have been frustrating to have not done that 
and then be stuck here, not and stuck in lockdown. OMG, Sam. I thank my lucky stars every day that I, because I actually had to cancel it twice. My mom was sick. Um, so I had to cancel it twice, but like if, everything in the right time. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in it. I'm a believer because it really did. Literally got home in, oh goodness, would have been July. And then of course, COVID started, I don't know, October. I can't remember exact dates, but ooh, ooh, what a great time. We are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Uh, curiosity. I'm a, I'm a seeker. Like I, I have been. I, I don't know. I've got this weird memory from when I was like a kid in South Africa. And I don't know why, Sam, you're not supposed to look. I mean, I know why you don't look up in the sun, but I don't know why I looked up in the sun that day. And I think if you stare at the sun long enough and burns your eyes long enough, the sun turns blue and the sun was blue in my eyes. And I was like, wow, there just must be so much more to this world. And again, again, I think at that point, the quantum field was, you know, infinite for me. And then as you grow older, you know, the, the, the possibilities, they start collapsing in on themselves until you only have this one path ahead of you. But me being a seeker, I keep opening up my possibilities again. And I just think that there is infinite and limitless potential for me out in this world. My superpower is that I'm a seeker because because of that, I open the possibilities. And because of that, I can be infinite. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yes, I do. I, I, I do because I, I care deeply about life. I respect life in a really profound way. Um, and I think if you care about anything deeply, you're an activist for it. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, the fact that this could be the best day of my life because everything is infinite in my world. And, you know, I, I don't know. I might just walk down the street and there might be a winning lotto ticket on the floor. Sam, I don't know. I don't know unless I get up out of bed and find out. Because this is how amazing this place is. And one of the questions I recently I, um, watched this show on Gaia, and it was something like the question for, you know, opening up your possibilities, how good can this get? How good can this get? We're very entrained about how bad can things get. But if you open up your possibility, like what's the possibility here? How good can this thing get? Then we start to open it back up from the collapsed single view in front of us. And we start to open it all back up into this world of infinite potential. <laughs> so what is the biggest challenge or perhaps opportunity that you're looking forward to? The biggest challenge or opportunity that I'm looking forward to. I don't. That, see, that stifles my brain cells because I don't really, um, I don't have challenges readily available in, in my mindset. Um, I think I may have trained myself out of that. Like I do face challenges, um, but they're not readily available. A challenge that I'm looking forward to. My master's uh, brings with it some challenges. That's the first thing that I can think of. But I know that challenge equals growth and growth equals a better me and a better me equals a better life. And a better life is happy Alexis. So I'm winning all the way. That's an awesome little equation there. Thank you. It just happened. It just happened. <laughs> and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? 
Yes, let's see. Oh my goodness. Um, I I went and found a whole bunch of people that I call my mentors. So it makes it sound like they know me. They don't. They're dead. And <laughs> they're they're they and the ones that are alive definitely don't know me. Um, but one of the biggest things that I've learned is to read. Um, there is lot people have lived lives and have written down the equation for success in a field that you want. Read it. You want to be rich? Read a book about money. You want to have happiness? Pick up a book that has how to be happy on the front. Like read. I saw this awesome little meme thing where somebody was reading and the book, when you open it up, it had like light shining out of it. And then the person then had light coming out of their eyeballs, walking away from reading the book. Because the, when you when you learn one concept can change your life and you you get this concept and then you look at the world with new lenses. And this is what books do for you. And um, the other thing would be implant positive something or other, whether you're listening, with your YouTubing, with your audio booking, whatever it is, 30 to 40 minutes a day, because the world around you is full of negative things. And you, if your mind is a garden and you're the gardener and you just got weeds up in there, you better start doing some stuff to change the garden. Um, so 30 to 40 minutes is going to rewire your brain and give you some new concepts to play with. Um, because if all you're doing with the subconscious mind, it's the habit mind. And if all you're doing is regurgitating the same habit, you're never going to get anything new. The only way to get something new is to put new information in there. And when I say do it daily, I, I literally mean that because the habit mind takes in things that are habitual. So if you do it every day, it becomes habit and you implant those ideas into your subconscious, then you've got 95% of your brain working for you, working for the concepts that are actually going to give you the life that you want. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Great advice. Thank you very much for joining me. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me, Sam. It's been lovely. safe spaces around the world brought to you by the sustainable lens team which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic we're broadcast on Otago Access Radio from Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz you can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we had a contribution from Tahu McKenzie this is the Latinola Project happy
I'm Sammy Mann, Sawyer's Babe Needham, and I've been joined from Auckland by Alexis Williams. So that was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.